What's up, what's up, what's up, you beautiful and sexy you? You are tuned in to Get What You Want with host Jessica Brothers. Sharing these secrets to feeling powerful, healthy, and ageless so you can stop that cycle you're in and break free to live the incredible quality of life you deserve. Welcome to the Get What You Want podcast, the Hack Your Health series with host Jessica Brothers and Dr. Michelle Lynn. Hi, everyone. Just a quick disclaimer. This is for education purposes only. This is not a medical advice. So please see your doctor before you implement anything that we talk about. Thank you. Enjoy the show. What's up? What's up? What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Get What You Want podcast. We have the Hack Your Health series today with your host, Jessica Brothers and Dr. Michelle Lin. Today's topic, we are discussing how to obtain your youth inside and out with peptides. Listen in. What's up, what's up, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Get What You Want podcast with your host, Jessica Brothers, and our beautiful guest, my great friend, Dr. Michelle Lynn. What's going on today? Hi, I'm great. I'm here. I'm happy. (laughs) Yes, we have a fantastic topic we're talking about today. It's peptides. I will shortly say peptides have changed my world. They literally have. So we're going to discuss today what peptides are, why you might may need them, you know, uh, what they can do for you and, and all that juicy good stuff. Are we ready? Yes, let's get started. All right. So first and foremost, thank you all for tuning in and uh, choosing your time to spend with us today. We promise we will not disappoint like always. All right. Peptides. What are peptides, Michelle? What are they? All right. So... In um, anti-aging, we delved into growth hormone um, earlier on. So growth hormone is something that is the hormone itself. We inject it um, and uh, people feel better. However, it also became a substance of abuse. So people were using it without regulation, getting it from other countries underground and even though they did feel better, there were bad side effects. Mm. There's actually diseases associated with too much growth hormone. Mm. So instead we start looking at the peptides. So this helps make it safer because it's very difficult to overdose on it. What the peptides do is they talk to the brain, the pituitary and say, Hey, make more growth hormone. So your body is going to make your level of growth hormone. It's going to make it go up. And, you know, your body is going to just make what it knows to make. Um, even with high doses of, um, of the peptides, at some point, the pituitary is going to say, this, this is all I can make. So it's a very good alternative. And um, there's less issue of abuse and less issue of disease when you deal with the peptides. Mm, I love that. So the peptides help the body naturally produce the uh, the human growth hormone. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, Whereas before we would just take the human growth hormone, which I would think could be quite dangerous uh, as well, uh, knowing that that HGH, that human growth hormone can help your promote your, your aging in your cells too, because the faster things grow, the faster they die. And then you're just speeding up that aging process, which is not what we want. Right. 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 So yeah, it's really about balance. Like, um, 
unfortunately, when we think something is good, we, we do too much of it and uh, we end up with problems. So keep in mind that growth hormone makes everything grow. Mm. So the good and the bad. So mm. when you're taking it, when you're older, you have to think about, you know, getting your cancer screenings done because um, that is also part of you. It can grow because growth hormone is present. Mm. Great point. Great point. All right. So peptides different than human growth hormone. Mm -hmm. uh, they help the body. They help support the body to produce what, what it will healthily make. Is that even the word healthily? What's sure. Why not? All right. <laughs> There's worse words going into the dictionary. <laughs> I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, we'll healthfully make. How about that? We'll, we'll go with that one. Uh, so that's awesome. So does everybody need peptides? So Peptides will go down in everybody by age 50. Mm. In unfortunate cases, things like uh, brain trauma, um, because the all your hormones are regulated by your brain, you can have deficiencies in growth hormone. If you have major endocrine disrupting um, type scenarios, um, chemical exposures and things like that, it's possible that you may need it sooner. Mm. Um, and, you know, it decreases through time. So uh, when you're young, when you're, when you're a kid, you're making a ton of it. And that's why you get these growth spurts in the middle of the night is because growth hormone is, um, is, you know, being produced and it's at its maximum overnight. Uh, so we start losing it, you know, after our teenage years, when we're done growing. Um, and uh, so we're, we're going to feel the effects of that. And, you know, depending on everyone's sensitivity, some people are a little more sensitive than others and um, it will just slowly deteriorate through time. So there's no right age to use it. Um, there are definitely scenarios where we should look at uh, growth hormone and see what they're at. And um, there's a, there's plenty of kids that have disease processes or, you know, um, moms that uh, abuse drugs, uh, we end up seeing kids that need the growth hormone. Mm, got it. Got it. So then in other words, would you say that there's symptoms that people may feel or, or be present in the person that they can tell that they need a peptide? Sure. Yeah. So for those that are um, actually active and they exercise, they lift weights, their recovery time is going to be the best indicator. Mm. So, you know, barring that they don't work out, like they overdo it, right? So you should be able to recover um, your uh, from a workout in one to two days and be able to lift again. If you aren't doing that, uh, you have to look at if you're overdoing it. And if you're definitely not overdoing it and you just feel a sense of malaise mm. in general, that's probably when you need growth hormone. It also can affect mood too. So irritability, um, even like sense of depression, just mm -hmm. overall not feeling well. Uh, this could be a growth hormone issue. Okay. What's malaise mean? Malaise just kind of means like general unwellness. Like okay. uh, when, when you get sick, mm -hmm. it's kind of like that. I don't know what that feeling is. It's not really a sore throat or stuffiness. I just don't feel good. Ah, that's malaise. All right. All right. For those of you, I mean, I think I was on, I was unsure of what that meant too. So if I'm unsure, I'm sure there were some people listening or like looking in up their phone, Googling what's malaise mean? What's malaise? Awesome. Thank you for that. All right. So then on the, the flip side, uh, peptides, what are the benefits to peptides? All right. So 
benefits of peptides. Um, one is uh, recovery. So recovery from anything, like when you work out, if you get an injury, if you go to surgery, you get better recovery. Uh, you also have um, some preventatives that can occur, um, like uh, preventing osteoporosis, especially in women. Mm -hmm. So there's specific formulations that I like for women uh, for that. Um, you also uh, get muscle growth um, and you have body composition uh, support so that you are less likely to, to develop more fat and you're able to make more muscle with the energy that you intake. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. Mm -hmm. So would peptides be used for anti-aging? Yes, it's definitely big in the anti-aging market currently. <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> because who doesn't want to feel and look younger, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe more so than ever, people are seeking that out. How can I feel younger? How can I look younger? Um, and as I know, you and I are both in it more holistically than we are, you know, synthetically. Mm -hmm. um, I believe the world of synthetic uh, youthfulness um, is slowly going behind us as more holistic tools come out for us to look and feel younger naturally, which I think is absolutely beautiful. Uh, and, and peptides, would you put those, would you put pe peptides in that category of more natural or is that still on the border? Well, it has to be lab made, um, but there's definitely clean ways to make it to ensure that it's a good quality product and that it's not filled with things that you don't need. Mm. Um, and this is where the compounding pharmacies come in and they do a fantastic job at, uh, you know, making things, testing them and uh, ensuring their quality. Yeah. And you did say that you have a specific formula that you like for women. Now, I know that we have a specific formula made in a compounding pharmacy. They're like these little meltables or mine that I get are vanilla flavored. Do you get the vanilla flavored ones? I do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're so yummy. They're so yummy. And it's our specific formula that we use as well, which I absolutely love. Now, besides the physical effects, the beautiful physique that helps me, I guess, obtain, and um, what else does it do for me? Um, your mental health too, because it's um, it supports everything in your body, your nervous system um, and your heart. Uh, we talked about the musculoskeletal system, which mm -hmm. is what people look at the most for it. But it does, it, it reaches pretty far um, in through your system to help with a lot of things. Um, so the formulation I use most often is probably something with semorelin. If I have um, men that are just looking for better body composition, um, you know, less fat deposition, because that's what happens when you get older. It's like everything wants to go to your belly. <laughs> And it's really frustrating. So um, we'll we'll get um, semorelin. Um, theanine helps support semorelin. And then for women, I usually add on epomorelin. Epomorelin is has been shown to help prevent osteoporosis. Mm. So that's something I always add on. Um, and uh, there's other formulations that I like. Mm -hmm. um, it's been 
uh, harder to get some, it, every pharmacy is a little different. So it depends on what they have. Um, I usually uh, use hexamorelin mm -hmm. and abutamorelin mm -hmm. um, for women that are older that we need heart health. And we, we're not looking so much for kind of the physical transformations. We're looking for truly, um, truly just like anti-aging, uh, more um, internal organ support. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, they could still get muscle strength benefits from that, but the muscle building is not as stark. Got it. I know there's people out there right now about to ask a question I'm going to ask. Can we just have it all? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes and no. Uh, so the really interesting about um, the peptides is that your body um, kind of has like a, a, a its own mechanism of regulating, right? Yeah. So you can continue to take it and take different types and, um, you know, mash them all together. But at some point your brain is going to say, uh, I, I'm, Overload. yeah, I'm not making any more like, <laughs> or it just recognizes, uh, the um, peptide and says, um, you know, I, I know who you are and uh, I'm not going to make any more right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's important to cycle on and off of these, um, these peptides. Um, because, you know, your body knows how to regulate these things. Mm. Like you depend on your body or, or trust your body to be smart. Definitely trust your body. And so it's like, we, we can formulate um, everything together, but as far as the benefit goes, I, I think your body will limit it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's good news to know. Um, what about, so you talk about cycling. So let's talk about dosing mm -hmm. before I get into something a little more complicated. Let's talk about just basic dosing of peptides, because I remember when I first started peptides, I took them every single day for three mm -hmm. months. After three months, I would cycle on and off, meaning I would uh, take it for five days on, two days off. And then is there any more cycling beyond that? What is correct dosing? Is that the same for everybody? So as far as correct dosing, I'm not sure that there's any type of standardization for uh, dosing of peptides. Mm. I think what, because they're rather new, um, and, uh, being that they're also natural, um, as far as their, uh, structure goes, they, there's, um, no pharmaceutical company is investing millions into them to, uh, to be able to, you know, figure out what the best thing is. And that's what, um, what medicine is. Well, that's it's just a lot of money. That's good news. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're just kind of uh, seeing like what people do from different countries and um, what we're finding uh, to be true in um, practice mm -hmm. and trying to formulate it the best we can in that way. So it's experimental in a sense, but um, at the very least, we kind of have the safety mechanisms and, and a better understanding now than we did before. So there are people that take it as little as like twice a week. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important to know that you take it at night. Mm, yes. So um, you want to stay away from carbs at least 30 minutes before. Mm. And the longer you um, you prevent yourself from eating before then, you uh, occur less disruption. Um, and then just keep in mind that growth hormone, um, we, when we measure, we measure something called insulin uh, uh, growth hormone. So 
it's uh, or insulin-like growth factors. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So there's relationships to that. So you don't want a bunch of carbs hanging around, um, disrupting the effects of growth hormone, and you don't want to take those carbs and store it mm-hmm. uh, at night. So lots of reasons not to eat um, close to bedtime. So when you do that, your body will make growth hormone in its regular circadian cycle, mm. which is nighttime. And uh, as far as how much you take, that is really um, uh, hard to say as well. We think that um, there's kind of like these moderate doses uh, that, you know, usually women stay in the lower doses, the men, we go higher dosing. Um, but, you know, with that said, uh, there can be a tolerance that occurs. So we might have to go up, but sometimes we can't go up anymore. So we always say, you know, try a lower dose, see how you do, see if you feel better, see if your um, workouts, you recover, uh, and then we'll stick, stay there. Mm. So you could go uh, daily like you did, mm-hmm. and then go ahead and take uh, a month off or two months off. And then if we want to know if it's working, what we do is um, in the morning, we do a blood draw to see if that insulin growth factor um, is at acceptable levels um, for uh, your goals and your age. Um, because, you know, it, because it does deteriorate, like, you know, what age do you want to be? Um, but there is actually uh, numbers that we find that are efficacious. Nice. That it work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I've had, I've been taking peptides for the past two years now. Uh, and, you know, I experiment on myself with everything. And I found that um, I feel best and I felt like I got the best results when I didn't eat two hours before I took them. Um, there was an exception to the rule because I journaled all of this that I could have just a protein shake, meaning it was just uh, a scoop of, you know, Vega protein. So very low carb, low sugar uh, with water, um, maybe 30 minutes before minimum. Okay. Um, anything less I, I, I didn't take within, but there had to be at least 30 minutes between me downing that shake and taking my peptide at night. Um, but other than that, it was two hours before my actual last meal. And, um, my last meal very rarely ever is, is, has carbs in it. Usually that's morning time or afternoon time that I'll have my carbohydrates. I typically don't have carbs at night, but for me, that's what I found that two hour window with that one exception every now and then, if I got really hungry because it was leg day or something, (laughs) I could down like a a protein shake with water and, uh, wait a minimum of 30 minutes before I would take it. I would, I would at night, I would lay down, I put under my tongue and I just fall asleep with it in my mouth because you don't really want to swallow it. You want to ingest as much as you can in through the mouth. Um, You know, you really don't want it hitting that digestive system. Is that correct? Yeah. You want it to absorb through your cheek right into your bloodstream. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now I know some people get IVs. How do you feel about IV peptides? Um, Let's bring this up. I don't know how great that is. Um, Anytime you go through IV, uh, it's beneficial for unstable molecules. Um, so, you know, that's great, but once you uptake it, it's, it's done, it's used. Mm. So the rate of the IV matters, the timing of the IV matters. And is it really necessary? Uh, No. (laughs) So, um, you know, the, the other thing is the injectable, Mm. um, you can, uh, you can do the injectables as well. Um, 
and that goes like into the glute and you know you inject maybe a couple times a week or um, you inject once a week and uh, I just personally don't like the idea of of super dosing, even with the hormones, like the testosterone we talked about, like doing these high doses in a, a, a depot type shot mm. and letting it release mm-hmm. because I like following the circadian rhythm of the body. Yeah. I think the body was designed very, very intricately and very smartly. And I, I would like to continue with those patterns. Mm, absolutely. Now I've talked to a few people about peptides and, uh, so Some have told me, and I didn't believe this was true, knowing what I know, but I'm going to bring it up anyways, just in case I'm wrong or there's a different perspective. If you do an IV of a peptide or yes, if you do an IV of it, it doesn't matter if you have food in your digestive tract, like the same rule that we were talking about, about doing an IV or doing a peptide at night under the tongue, make sure it's away from food uh, for whatever amount of time. Now, if you do it as an IV, does the food still matter? You know what? It might, because it depends on where in the digestion process you are. Um, because if you have nutrients floating around that need something done, um, you can have insulin spikes and that may increase storage and growth hormone may just kind of advance that. And now you're kind of missing out on the point of, of, uh, of getting the growth hormone um, to do the the muscle and mm. uh, things that we want. And now it's focusing on nutrient storage. Mm, absolutely. And not only that, I mean, whenever you have food in your digestion, that is your body's priority oh. because that's survival, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter. Your body could be doing anything, repairing, whatever it's repairing, as soon as food goes into that stomach and starts going into that intestine and digestion needs to happen, like your body will take from everything it's doing and and bring mainly all your blood down there and do that process because that becomes always priority. Uh, That's something that I've learned and always remembered um, that, you know, is now the best time to eat. Mm -hmm. Is my body recovering? Like when people are sick, Uh, especially if my son is sick, especially if he has a fever, I don't give him solids. I don't put that food into his body. I will give him shots of like athletic greens, you know, (laughs) micronutrients because his body needs that. Uh, But, you know, I always, I always tend to think before I eat as well. Is there something my body is doing instead that I don't want to disrupt it before I actually have this meal? Or am I just so hungry that my body needs that in order to continue what it's doing as well? Mm -hmm. That's how my mind goes with what I know about the priority of digestion. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, digestion is um, it's its own party. Like when it starts, it recruits so many hormones, so many processes, things like change so significantly in your body. Um, it's 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 a definitely a very very strong process that um, that should be thought about more. Like instead of mindless eating, yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm the only one that thinks like that. 
I don't know. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. All right, let's get back to peptides. I kind of veered off slightly, but uh, yeah, that that would be why um, you know I take that time off of eating before I do the peptide, mm-hmm. um, because like you said, you want to make sure it's doing the right things. Yeah, um, you want it to work for you for sure. Um, okay, so the the second question beyond dosing is. Now, some peptides are are good for muscle. Some peptides are good for heart health. Some are good for bone or brain. We we have all of those kinds and and the peptide um, should be cycled. Now, what if we had like two different peptides? Okay. Mm -hmm. One that was for our physical in our brain and one that was for our bone in our heart. Mm -hmm. Now, could we could we cycle like we could do, um, say we have the seven days a week, we decide to take peptides four days a week. Mm-hmm. Two of those days would be for the uh, muscular and the uh, brain uh, formula. And two of them would be for the heart and the bone formula. Would that work if someone were to do that? Um, or would your body, again, just be too smart and you're trying to outsmart it? <laughs> Theoretically, yes, because it's a different molecule. So you're introducing different things to the brain and the brain can kind of um, differentiate and not build up tolerance. Mm. Um, and that's what we're hoping for when we um, when we adjust uh, different types of peptide formulations. But with that said, I there hasn't been any studies that I'm aware of that has looked at this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we can definitely um, try it out and then measure in a person to see if... Um, that insulin growth factor is uh is coming to um higher levels mm-hmm. uh in the daytime that we we would like to see yeah absolutely i would love to to uh test that out i mean i've been taking that that one formulated peptide for almost two years now and um you know lessening that that dose per week and and trying another formula and kind of interweaving them to see what the effects would be i think that would be really interesting to to find that out if there's no companies really doing this i mean and you know i love doing research on myself <laughs> that that would be really cool for sure yeah we can yeah absolutely look at that um all right so let's talk about um people who need peptides, okay, uh, how do they find out? Are they going to get symptoms? Are they going to get blood work done? How do they know exactly if, wow, all right, I'm wondering right now if I should be taking peptides. How do I go about finding out? Is my body already telling me? Am I aware enough that my body's telling me? Can I go see my doctor? Is my doctor going to, you know, kind of reject that? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? So when we're talking about adults, um, there is just a general acceptance that you're not going to have a lot of it. Um, The one disease process that um, will probably encourage um, specialists to look at your growth hormone is when you get head trauma. Mm. Um, This is when an neuroendocrinologist can look at the brain hormones, because not only does this get disrupted, thyroid hormone gets disrupted, sex hormones get disrupted. Um, and um, so does mood. Like if you have head trauma, you could, you're, you could have mood changes and become depressed or anxious mm-hmm. uh, when you never used to be. So that's probably the only process that I can think of that can do that. So any type of brain injury, like even stroke too, like you could get some issues. Um, but as far as the anti-aging community, it, it's kind of like a 
something that uh, the doctors will just add into the blood work along with the rest of the hormones. So you could see where you are. Um, and, uh, when we come to, you know, younger people, I do have patients in my thirties, you know, that are obese and, you know, they claim to work out and, um, eat well, and, uh, they can't shake off this, uh, this body composition that makes them pear shaped or, mm. uh, just has a lot of fat around the midsection. And then, so when I do measure, I do see that their growth hormones are low along with other things like testosterone. Um, and, uh, you know, at that point I will uh, talk to them about, you know, how to potentially correct this. Mm, got it. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. So I believe that everyone should be on peptides. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone. Let me, let me just say that. But if you are, you know, in your years, uh, around the forties, I would definitely take a look at, um, getting into some sort of peptide formula. Um, I know that in my years of working mainly with women, some men too, uh, that, that belly fat, that, uh, muscle deterioration, the, the change of our bodies. I mean, the biggest complaint I always heard was, oh, my body's changing. Ah, oh, I'm starting to forget things. And, ah, oh, you know, I'm feeling moody and, and all this stuff starts going right is what I, I hear. And, but my belief is, well, it's not supposed to go. And the more you talk about it, the more it's going to go. Um, so let's just stay forever young. I'm always young. That's what I say. I'm always young. What are you talking about? That stuff doesn't happen to me. But uh, we've talked about hormones and that's a huge factor. But here we go with peptides. Peptides help produce, help the body find that nice balance too. So, you know, we, we talk about the hormones and how those are necessary, especially well, for both men and women um, to kind of combat everything, all the complaints I just talked about. Now, would you say that the peptides are going to be a nice kind of like cushion to help support those hormones and support, I guess, those complaints that people get in their forties? Oh, yes. Yeah, de definitely. Growth hormones is kind of part of that package. And we do see a decrease in the 40s, too. Mm. So but it's like with all hormones and growth hormone, you you need to support everything with, you know, good habits, like your good sleep, mm. eating well, um, intermittent fasting, uh you know, exercise. So all those things matter. Um, and, you know, you could even, even uh, prolong your time uh, with your natural hormones if you have a healthy lifestyle. So um, for those of you that are like anxious because you're in your forties and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be on all this. You don't have to really, but if you can sleep well, exercise regularly, strength train, um, and, uh, you know, give yourself some gut rest. Mm. Like there's, there's a lot of power in that. And, uh, you, you may not have to like be on all of these things at once. Um, ideally there's like a little trickle of things and we replace them as you start naturally losing them. And when you come to a point where biologically you just don't make it anymore. Yeah. Got it. Well, I know that peptides have made me feel really, really good. I was at a time uh, two years ago when I started, you know, a very uh, unique to me protocol of micronutrients and, and peptides. And it was night and day for me within two weeks, definitely within 30 days, 
I was a completely different person. My brain fog had dissipated. I had, I had returned back to my natural, normal energy. Um, I was just feeling a hell of a lot better. Uh, my body was getting the tools it needed. And definitely knowing more about peptides now than I did back then, I would, I would say that I would give a lot of that credit to the peptides. And yes, those micronutrients were huge too, for sure, because I was lacking. Um, but the healing of my body and, and that the brain health, the physique um, that I, I mean, I didn't change my workouts. All I did was start peptides and my physique started showing up for me in the way that I thought it should for the amount of work I was putting into it. It was significant. Mm -hmm. So anyone listening, if you feel like you put in the work and you're just not getting those dang results, trust me, I've been there. <laughs> I would, I would suggest two things, a getting your hormones checked and B getting on peptides to support that balance of your hormones. That is going to change your world. It really, really is not just brain health or heart health or bone health, but for you to look in the mirror and be proud of the work you put in and actually see it reflect back at you. It is so rewarding. Um, it just goes to show when you give your body the tools it needs, it will, it will do what you want it to do. If you don't give it its tools, it's, it can't, it can't do anything for you. It's got nothing to build for you. It's got no tools to build what you want for it. So um, I just want to put that out there. Anyone on the edge, um, again, I, everything that I talk about, I've tried. I've never not talked about something that I have not tried. And uh, that's why I always do a lot of research on me. And I'm, I'm going to do this cycling of these different peptides and let you guys know how it goes since no one else is doing it. <laughs> Let me, please. I will, for sure. Anything else you want to add before we let this beautiful audience go, Michelle? Let's get really, really technical. Okay. So um, for those of you that are in the anti-aging community that follow a lot of these talks, um, and, and we alluded to this earlier about mTOR um, and uh, growth hormones really uh, accelerating aging. Mm. So yes, it can do that, but not if it's cycled correctly. So mTOR is a mechanism that creates a protein and it regulates proteins in your body. So this is something in anti-aging that we use rapamyce rapamycin for, mm -hmm. um, which is not a growth hormone. It is actually something that's being studied uh, by different people currently um, to see how it helps with aging in general. Mm -hmm. But we know that growth hormone can accelerate mTOR. Mm -hmm. So we're looking to inhibit mTOR, mm -hmm. uh, growth hormone accelerates it. And that's what causes the aging. Mm, interesting. Yeah, but with what we're doing with peptides, we don't have our foot on the accelerator all day long. When you pulse it correctly, it will create the proteins to help your muscles grow, to help your organs, to help your brain. It, it We're not using it and, and um, making it uh, create so many proteins and to cause aging in and of itself. So that's just one technicality that has been debated that I wanted to bring up. It's, it's fun for me, but yeah, no, I love that. I love that low point. That's great. That's great to know. So um, I hope everyone got some great little nuggets out of this. I'm sure they did. Uh, you know, this was fantastic. Thank you for sharing all these bombs, um, Dr. Michelle. We always love having you. And 
you know, helping expand the correct information out to as many people listening. If you liked what you heard, do this world service, share it, share it. There's so much misinformation out there. There's so many doctors, not to their fault, that don't have the correct information. They're not updated. Um, they've been misinformed, uh, whatever it may be. Doctors really, I want to believe, want to help. So we do too. And having the correct information is really, really important. And being an advocate for your own health is really, really important. So educate yourself because ignorance is not bliss. I don't, I, I don't mm, think ignorance no, is bliss. No, never. no. <laughs> ignorance is not bliss. Educate yourself. If this helped you, please share this episode with as many people as you know, this could also help. We thank you for your time. We love that you joined us. Definitely, if you want more from the Get What You Want podcast, this is the Hack Your Health series. Follow us, click the link below, subscribe, whatever platform you're on. We thank you. Until next time, rock your day. Love yourself today. Adios, everyone. See you next time. Bye.